Let us talk about the fog. Yes. What did you think? I'm gonna go I with you on this one. I enjoyed it, but like I said, I I wish there was more of it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the I the this most disappointed part of it is just when I, I kind of wanted the hat to kind of drop like big time, where like the whole town is attacked by the fog, mm-hmm. and not really just like these group of five people. Yeah. You know. I thought that was more it was going to be like. That's why I thought the setup at the beginning, it was like showing off the grocery store and, uh, you know, the church. And I thought it was kind of a setup for when shit goes down later. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was more just an atmosphere thing, I guess. But I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so just generally. Yeah, it's another John Carpenter classic, in my opinion. Yeah, it it definitely stood up to what I thought. Yeah. Like, um, so. This was okay. So to give a little history on this movie for me, uh, my first ever horror movie was Amityville Horror, but I didn't make it very far. I made it to the the point where the dog gets axed, and that was when I was younger, and it scared the shit out of me. Um, so I never watched another horror movie for a very long time because they scared the shit out of me. I like I just don't do it anymore. Like I or not anymore. Now I do, but for a long time it took me some nerve to get back into like watching horror. Like my dad would like kind of like tease me and be like. Oh, you want to watch this? And I'd be like, no, I'm not interested. So the fog was actually my gateway back into horror, believe it or not. Uh, my oh, dad had picked yeah. it up on like a DVD or something for cheap at like Walmart one time. It was in one of those like $4 yeah, bins yeah. or something. Uh-huh. And uh, he was like, oh, we should watch this. And I like even this one, believe it or not, because of the fear that like still was embodied from me from Amityville, uh, which we had talked about during our horror movie thing. Um, so I won't like go too far into it. Uh, I was actually still afraid of this movie. Even, I mean, I wasn't like super old. I was probably like maybe 10, 11, maybe 12, yeah. pushing 12 uh, when I watched this. But this was definitely my gateway. And then after this, from there, um, I realized that slowly over time that my fear was not necessary and that they're just movies. So uh, I outgrew my imagination. And uh, thus, uh, I got over it. But so that this movie kind of has like a little like... Um, a, a touch in my history of horror movies. So yeah. It's kind of like a uh, a classic for me to watch. But um, I do have to agree. So, personally, going off of the thing you talked about with the fact that like the movie just uh, ended kind of... Uh, I wouldn't say it ended abruptly for me. For me, I feel oh, like I got wish... closure in the story. It's just... Uh-huh. I wish there was more of a build-up with like, like what you had discussed. Like, more well, going on in the town, stuff like that. Like, they could have think... played with the fog more. Yeah, I think the buildup was actually fine. I just mm-hmm. think when shit actually hit the fan, that was like a third of the movie compared mm-hmm. to two thirds of it being build up. You know, mm-hmm. so the climax like needed a little bit more time. Yeah, I think if I had to guess, just budgetary reasons, uh, probably why it couldn't be some spectacular thing. Because mm-hmm. it still seems pretty. You know, I know he probably could have gotten more of a budget than he did for Halloween after the success of Halloween, but it still seems kind of relatively like a low budget, like a mid budget movie for its time. Um, so it's just, a it's, 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 it's an interesting movie. I think the cinematography is probably the most interesting part about it when it's like real, it is really dark, like in an unconventional dark kind of way. Cause sometimes when it's like really dark in a movie or when it's supposed to be dark in a movie, it's actually like, Oh, it's movie dark where you can still see everything, but it kind of just has the idea of darkness, like where everything's like, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but in this movie, it's like some scenes it is like pitch black and realistic almost lighting, where 
you only right. see like bands of lights like coming through the leaves or something while they're driving on the road. Mm-hmm. And I think the lighting was one of the best parts of it. I love when like the doors would open and they would have that giant spotlight like shining through the fog. Yes. And you, like <laughs> completely enveloped the like whoever is standing at the door. Uh, I thought that was great. I thought all the atmosphere is really good. Um, mm. You know, the score helps with that. I just think the fog itself is a good device for atmosphere because it's like this kind of like slow encroaching thing that completely envelops you and you can't run away from it almost mm-hmm. i mean they did run away from it but um, it's kind of like feels like it's just like surrounding you mm-hmm. uh, it is it's like I, a very ominous like thing mm-hmm. on its own so like the idea that it like you know they set up this whole thing of like oh it's moving away from the direction of the wind which is abnormal like oh it's picking up speed like that's not abnormal, but like when it is going against the direction of the wind, it's definitely abnormal for it to suddenly start picking up speed, mm-hmm. let alone the fact that it is going the opposite direction. So it kind of like it definitely builds this atmosphere. Um, and then uh, also going off of your budget, I just looked it up. So uh, budget for Halloween was actually three hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. And then the budget for the fog was actually one million. Oh, wow. They didn't give them that much more then. OK, no, not really. Yeah, so. But uh, I really like the location. I know you said the shot in Canada, which is very common for yep. films to be shot in Canada just because of tax breaks. Uh, but I thought it was a really, really cool. Lo- like where that like her radio station was, uh, I think you were like muted or something. But I said like, oh, look at this location with like the stairs going down. I, I thought that was like really cool. Yeah, um, like in the lighthouse and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, I think one of the weaker spots, I guess, was just the characters. Like, if you were to ask me right now the name of any character, I could tell you the name of the kid because she says, "Andy, you gotta run, Andy." Yeah, yeah. That's it. I don't know anybody else's names. I know and, Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah. That was know. the. That was. Was like um, his name Dave or something? Jamie. Was, uh, it was Dave. Maybe it was Dave. It's just like yeah, I. You know, it's a common problem with horror movies, especially early ones, you know, like mm-hmm. he, John Carpenter almost, you know, along with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just established the, the like, you know, slasher genre a couple of years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, this whole type, because it, this movie does give off a lot of slasher vibes. Like whenever oh, yeah. somebody is killed, it's done in a very slasher-like way where it's like, oh, shot of the, the hook and then their eyes looking up at it and then the impact, like very very formulaic slasher kind of kills mm-hmm. um, the camera so, angles are really cool too on it i mean obviously yeah they were like yeah definitely calling wish... back to some of the um slashing from halloween yeah. as well but i just wish there was more creative ways they were killed it kind of seems like every time somebody just gets hooked or stabbed like mm-hmm. uh you know at least in like halloween there's that you know when the, he like she opens the door or something and somebody's hanging from it and like Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I think the closest thing it got to that was when I, lo- I love the fake scare with the locker when they're on the boat. And then she's like, oh, my God. And then the real scare happens, like, almost immediately afterwards with the body, like, slumps over on her. I thought that was a, a good scare. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I just felt, uh, you know, there wasn't a, a really a character I could latch on to maybe besides the woman who is the radio broadcaster is like the closest thing you could get to mm-hmm. maybe a main character, which I'm not saying you necessarily need a main character, but it definitely helps, you know? Yeah, it does. Um, I someone that you can kind of like look at and be like, you know, relay like the story through, if you have a connection, it kind of creates a more dramatic appeal. Although I still felt like the, 
the atmosphere and stuff that was built in it uh definitely like kind of stood up for a little bit you know like on its own like i agree that there wasn't a character because i i also can't really remember any of the names besides the one from jamie lee curtis because i and i think that only reason why i remember her, elizabeth being her name is because right away we heard that and i made fun of it like if i hadn't made fun of it i probably would have just forgotten about it and then like you said uh andy that's the only other one right so yeah. like everyone else is kind of like just there um which feels kind of weird but like i still don't feel like i missed anything in the movie you know what i mean which uh, is kind of yeah. weird because like in any other movie i feel like that would be an issue yeah it's, so. again it's not really the focus mm-hmm. so it's kind of easy to let it give it a pass the I story wasn't you're... bad i like yeah, the story okay. idea yeah you know for a slasher film the whole idea that like you know the town took basically like set these guys up to go die and then took their money in order to build the church and build the town and now they're coming back for like redemption or like revenge basically to get their money back like i thought that was interesting um i also don't mind like the whole ending thing because uh i don't know like a lot of movies would have just had that priest die right away gotten that they would have gotten their gold back and then they would have pulled out instead they do this kind of like fake where like they pull out they got the gold and you're like oh the priest gets to live so maybe he was just after the gold the entire time and then all of a sudden you know at the very end he's like yeah. questioning it, it, why it, he didn't die and he gets yeah killed. It, i mean it's kind of like you know when i said the end or is it you know mm-hmm. it's kind of a cliche thing but i i enjoyed it it was it was nice i think just if i like i feel like most of the problems I have with it don't really like bring it down too much because I just really like this kind of movie. I, I just have mm. a personal bias to John Carpenter and the movie he, movies he's made. So I still really enjoy this movie, but I think I could argue it being kind of one note because we, I think the atmosphere is great, but it really doesn't evolve beyond that. For no, it part. doesn't. You're right. It, it's very consistent, but you know, you need to ramp up. And I felt like it was just kind of a, not really a flat line, but not much movement as far as like evolving the pacing or mm-hmm. the atmosphere in a, any specific way. I agree. I think it would have been more interesting for him to like maybe possibly use like there was that point when they were in the car and we were questioning whether or not the car was going to get stopped and the score started picking yeah, up. Yeah, because then it would have given like, again like it the things we set up at the beginning. They could have gone to the grocery store, the gas mm-hmm. station, whatever. Like uh, I think just. Because they spend an hour building to this. We see some people get killed. Like, mm-hmm. we get to see the sailors get killed. But that's, like, about it, you know, as far that's as true. actual things happening. There's actually no uh, callback either to, like, the gas station or to the no. the grocery store, which is kind of weird. Because when you think about it, especially the gas station, there was a lot of gasoline that just got poured onto the ground. You would think, like, that might become, like, a callback later on. Like, they're running away and all of a sudden that just like lights up into it like a huge massive fireball or something like that you know what i mean like yeah. a big fire or something or you know what i mean like yeah. anything could have been a callback yeah. it was just trying to show that something's weird with the town which I, it did a perfect yeah. job oh definitely the opening did. the opening might be the best part of the movie if you ask me honestly mm-hmm. yeah so yeah but uh as far as like where it ranks among other john carpenter movies i've seen i feel like it's kind of here maybe i need to pull up a list yeah, let's get the list. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what John Carpenter's done. But I think it's probably like middle of the pack for me. N- nothing like amazing, but it's not like bad or something like that. Where's Halloween for you, just out of curiosity? In that in your your list. Above the fog, yeah. It would be like, above the fog, yeah. Yeah. I it's, agree. It's just based off influence alone. I think also 
we were talking about characters to latch onto. I think the character that Jamie Lee Curtis plays in that movie mm-hmm. is a lot Laurie more Strode is so a lot more compelling than uh, any character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Couldn't uh, agree more. And he's got a big filmography. It was actually kind of uh, strange that uh, you would think like Jamie Lee Curtis being in this movie, he would have put her in, back into a leading role. And I know we discussed that, but um, just kind of interesting, you know, because she didn't, she really did just kind of play like a backup or like a secondary role. You know what I mean? Because in a way, the, the, right. what? Keep going. Uh, in a way, the, the lighthouse uh, woman and then the the guy that found Jamie Lee Curtis are probably the two most major characters in that entire movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Jamie Lee Curtis is just kind of there as like a lover. I wonder if guy. she had more of a role and then it just got cut for some reason. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. So a movie I actually haven't seen by John Carpenter is his very first one, his first feature, with his, which is Dark Star, which is a sci-fi movie. Hmm. I've heard it's pretty good though. Um, really? Yes, I need to watch that eventually. Where is it? Maybe we should watch that uh, for our next. Uh, time. I've seen Assault on Precinct Thirteen. That's pretty. It's uh, it's okay. Uh, Halloween's good. Escape from New York. I like a lot. I haven't Christine. seen that one actually. I haven't seen Christine actually. Oh, you haven't seen Christine? That's another no. good one. I do like Christine. The thing the thing is, just has to be my top of all time for John Carpenter. Yep. Based of a personal bias, I love Big Trouble in Little China. They live. They live's good too. I need to see Prince of Darkness. Um, I haven't seen that one. But, yeah, I'd say, like, The Fog kind of maybe, like, lower middle of the pack as far as mm-hmm. John Carpenter movies I've seen. I I would say the bottom for me is probably Assault. Actually, if you count Escape from L.A., I would put that at the bottom. Uh, and then Assault on Precinct 13. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's a very decent movie but i can kind of see why people are, are very eh on it uh, i think it depends on your like your personality yeah. you know mm-hmm. someone like you or someone like me that like we, we really enjoy like the the early slasher like the can't be horror movie like those kind of like retro horrors that kind of like mm-hmm. built kind of the structure of everything else uh i kind of feel like you know we kind of give it a little a little bit more credit you yeah. know what I mean? But some people yeah, would probably sit I there just, and yeah, pick I out, like, yeah. they would sit there and really definitely sit there and be like, oh, like, this is really, you know, like we discussed, like, the one note might really throw people. Like, I could see that being a big deal. Yeah, but it, it's not a long movie. So the one no, note not. being a problem is I, I is not that big of a deal because it's really short and concise. Like, it was like a yeah. two-hour two movie and you had to sit yeah. through another, like, 30 minutes of just these five or six people being chased around by the fog the entire time without very like any like really crazy changes or variation i could see where that'd be longing however if they added 30 minutes and they made it like all of a sudden the city was enveloped in fog that would have been cool which i thought actually so i couldn't i didn't really quite remember this because it's been a while since i've seen this um so i was kind of still like waiting for that moment even like halfway through, because there was the whole buildup of the fog, and she's like, "Oh, it's moving past the beach. Oh, it's moving down the streets." You know what I mean? Um, it wasn't until like I remembered that they all end up in the church at the end that I was like, "Oh shit, that's right. Like that's where it ends." Which I mean is cool if it ended there, anyways, because it would have made sense with the story. But I think it would have been cooler if they added in the extra thirty minutes right there when they're like trying to run away from this fog and stuff. And the fog is actually uh, like enveloping the city, like we talked about. Like 
when they're all in their cars trying to run away from it, I think it would have been cool that like all of a sudden, like we had said, like their car shut down and then they're running through like the grocery stores and like all these other things that maybe it still follows them. Like, I don't know. I think it would have been cooler to kind of show like the people at the candlelight, uh, like procession, like, yeah, having issues too. Yeah, I thought there was like, gonna be some stuff there. Like, I thought there was the fog was gonna show up, and they're all gonna be holding their candles in the fog, like trying to see through it. I yeah. was really disappointed. Now you mentioned it, that nothing happened with that. I thought that was a big setup. Like mm-hmm. I was waiting for something to happen with that. So I think it would have been cool for like thirty minutes to kind of fill in right there and like really just harass the town, and mm-hmm. then when they yeah. come out of that extra thirty minutes um then they end up at the church and like all you know the ending happens and i think that would have really just made this movie but again i it's not big enough that like i'm just sitting back like oh like that was that was not a good movie like i still think it was really solid yeah and the cinematography was pretty decent i gotta say like there was a we talked about it there was a few hiccups here and there with certain things uh mainly bfx and stuff like that but like yeah um you know that's not easy in the 80s anyway so again you got to kind of give them credit because the fog doesn't look like janky for the most part there's a couple times where you look at the fog and it looks like just like a green blur on the screen where i'm kind of like yeah that's a little weird yeah also just it seems like i mean i'm not i don't know for sure but it just seems like the the quality of this scan was just not the greatest whenever it was Mm -hmm. done i'm not sure because like you know in order to get you know the best quality scan you want to go and get the negatives and you know scan that but Mm -hmm. You know, it, depending on whether or not somebody the negatives are still out there, or whether there's even a demand <laughs> to do a, a rescan, because you know, technically, if you had even a copy, like a even a not a, a negative, but like a film copy, you could still do a scan of that, and it would probably look better uh, than the one that we watched, because that one just seems especially uh, not like high resolution. Yeah, I think my DVD uh, is actually better, believe it or not. Yeah, probably. No, I I don't doubt it. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I think there's probably just not enough demand that mm. they would even bother to go back and rescan it. So I think that probably would have helped with some of there's some really grainy shots. Like, again, oh, yes. when, there's le- when there's not a lot of lights, it, it's just it's bound to be grainy. But like when she was on top of the, the like the lighthouse, mm-hmm. like those shots in particular, I was. Oh, like, those man. are like, wow, so great. Yeah, yeah, I could see every like, speck. You remember like uh, at the very beginning when the guys get killed and they zoom in on his yeah. face like that was uh-huh. so like it was just black everywhere else except for like the like the red mark like on his face, like the red lighting. And I was like, oh, my God, like you could literally pick out every single speck of film grain. Yeah, but it just might be the scan. So I, yeah. I would be curious to get my hands on a different copy to see if maybe it, like the quality is a little bit mm-hmm. better. I don't. I don't think very detrimental to the experience because I'm kind of. I'm used to. I'm, I'm used to watching grainy B movies that don't have very good scans, so mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, I definitely think it's. It's. I can almost guarantee it's probably a demand thing. There's whenever I bring up the fog yeah. to people, well, yeah, like a lot go... of people don't don't even yeah. know it's like a movie. They're like with a what. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of weird. Like, they're like, "Do you mean you the mist?" Go... And I'm like, "No, yeah. not the mist. <laughs> the fog." Yeah, I think Taco said something about the mist. In yeah, the he chat. did. Um, but uh, like, if you you can go and find a copy of Halloween, which came out a couple of years before, and it looks mm-hmm. way better than this. Oh yeah. Just again, the demand to, for people to see Halloween in a higher resolution is there, so they've been doing it. Uh, so. Yeah. I would I would like to see a better looking scan of it uh, eventually. But... I'll dig up the DVD. Yeah. 
I wonder I, if they even have it. Actually, that's a good... Okay, yeah, we're referencing that right there, actually. So, again, DVD my dad got at Walmart for, like, in one of the $4 bins. So there's your demand, right? Like, yeah. that's to <laughs> demonstrate. You would probably almost never see the Halloween movie in a bin like that. It's probably sitting on the shelf somewhere. You know what I mean? For the most part, unless it's, like, not Halloween time or something like that. And, like, the sales, they're just trying to, like, sell off a lot of copies of something. Like, maybe they throw it in a bin, finally. But the fog was just, like, something that was, like... I mean, there was a ton of them, apparently, in this bin, my dad said. So he was like, I'm just gonna try this, you know? Like, it sounds interesting. Uh, That's what he said when he came home with it. So, like, to me, personally, like, yeah, that's definitely a showing of, like, the demand for it. And, I mean, is that bad? No, I mean, I, that kind of sucks for John Carpenter in a way, but... Oh, he's doing I think just it's a good, fine. I wouldn't worry about fine. John Carpenter. Yeah, I, I don't think one movie ruined it, so... No. <laughs> but that's definitely probably why we don't get a good, like, you know, a good scan now, because, you know, yeah. not a not Because a what has to happen is that, you know, some a company, like, Criterion, and they have it has to, to be go, worth it. Yeah, and they, they're just like, well, people buy this if we go and re, we put all this effort into doing a new scan and maybe fixing some of the damage to whatever film we're scanning it from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'd be interesting to see if like the original negatives are actually out there somewhere of the fog I mean 1980 is not that long ago and I think hopefully by that point they learned about film preservation because film preservation was neglected for honestly mm-hmm. a longer time than you'd think um, like because the godfather the, the negatives of that were like completely destroyed really that was like you know what year was that like 70 something 72 yeah, I think so. I so, remember. you know, even around then, they weren't taking film preservation seriously. So, to say 10 years later, like, you know, 10 or 20 years later, they were, I don't know. It was mostly Scorsese, uh, who, and I think it was mostly in the 90s, who was the big proponent of film preservation. And then everybody hopped on board, including Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, I don't know, a bunch of other people. And that's when film preservation really kicked into high gear, because people are realizing that these great films w- are being lost almost for, like to time. Uh, so it's kind of hard to t- say. It just depends on at the time, whether or not they were ever thinking about keeping the negative preserved. Cause basically what happens with a negative is that you just keep making copies from it and then it just deteriorates over time. So if you're just hmm. like, ah, make another copy of it, send it to the theater. It's like, it's going to wear out. Uh, and also if you just keep it in, you don't keep it cool enough. If it's too warm, it can deteriorate. Or you just gotta keep it in the right temperature. If you go to like a place that takes film preservation really seriously, they got like giant refrigerators filled with film reels. Um, so yeah, I think it it depends uh, if John Carpenter decided to, you know, put the effort into preserving it. But you know, at the time, a kind of you know cheesy horror movie. I, it's possible that they weren't thinking of that. Hmm. So, anyways, I ended up finding. Uh, I was trying to see if there was a negative thing online, mm-hmm. and any I came up twelve clear facts about John Carpenter's The Fog. Um. Oh. So apparently, The Fog was inspired by several creepy British things. Um. Is that a show? What was that? What? What did you say? Do you I think that? just creepy British things in general, because it's gonna. Oh. So it says Stonehenge for one in 1977 when Carpenter and his co-writer Deborah Hill were in England promoting assault on Precinct 13. They visited the ancient Ring of Stones and were struck by an eerie, foggy, mysterious atmosphere. 
Oh, okay. Carpenter was also inspired by the Trollenberg Terror in 1958 British film released in the U.S. as the Grawling Eye in which creatures hid inside the mist. Hmm. So that. that was some stuff. Uh, he also was urged, apparently, in the making of this uh, to include some sort of like blood and gore in it. So it has more than Halloween. Apparently. Yeah, Halloween is really sparse. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, And yeah. so he said that he was uh, inspired by Cronenberg's The Brood. I haven't seen The Brood, but that's a pretty early Cronenberg film. Yeah. There's a lot of Cronenberg, early Cronenberg movies I just haven't seen. There's like that, there's Shivers, um, I think The, the Crazy, is that Cronenberg? <laughs> Maybe not The Crazies isn't, but I think also, Rapid is another one. The old guy that we love so much at the beginning, the creepy British like oh, yeah. man that tells the story. He was like an afterthought. They decided that the movie wasn't working the way it was, so they did a, like a rough cut of that man doing like that voiceover, like this like campfire story, and then they just like stitched it into the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I really like that opening which shot, is interesting. With, like diapter with the 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 stopwatch, and he like mm-hmm. slams it, and it just goes. <laughs> yeah, there was a weird. I can't even tell you what it was. It was like a weird zoom where it looked like a bunch of frames were just like chopped up and like sliced together like super like made it, it was so jarring but uh just interesting i guess i don't think i've ever seen the it. fog was also worked on with both his wife and his ex-girlfriend at the time oh oddly enough interestingly enough actually uh yeah i'm not sure i have too much more to say about it one key example of those applied in the movie to know six who must die or descendants of the okay so this was kind of something that i think a lot of people could overlook so uh actually i think it is important to talk about but anyways um there was a novel of the fog that was done by dennis exchin uh he did the same he did the same thing for halloween he wrote the same paperback novelization after halloween came out or whatever before it had to be after um but basically they're saying that it made better sense in the book um essentially afterwards um but through the through the movie it's implied uh basically the idea was that the six must die are the original six uh who basically are descendants yeah well that's what the priest was talking so yeah so like all the people that died even in the movie are descendants oh okay gotcha it's just implied in the movie in the book it's actually like specified well I think again the priest says one point he's like they 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 want me I'm the sixth one like mm-hmm. so yeah they don't talk about it too much though it really only comes up at that very end scene it seems like when they're reading that that book yeah I'm not sure I have much more to say about it if you oh, like John Carpenter shit. films then you should go see it hang on I have to add something now. This is actually getting juicy. I actually like this, these like tips. I didn't realize this. So the exact thing we talked about with Jamie Lee Curtis being like a secondary role. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically what happened was is after the success of Halloween, they experienced a, a not-so-unusual phenomenon with actors basically expecting to get starting roles because it was so successful. And instead, all she ended up with was like guest appearances on The Love Boat and Buck Rogers. And so she was getting like wicked discouraged. So Carpenter sympathized for her and just added a role into the fog just for her. So that's why she just feels like a backup, like a secondary. Yeah, just thrown in. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. She was dubbed. Wait, what? 
the fog was still in post-production three movies being released back to back to back in the 1980s led to curtis being dubbed cinema's new scream queen yeah apparently she didn't realize that. first yeah um john carpenter oh wait oh my god i didn't even realize that did you say something no you you must not have did what? you realize that the church janitor at the beginning was john carpenter Oh, I was not. I you know, he's so. I'm used to old John Carpenter. I was not paying attention. Oh my god! You're probably. Right, I just didn't even yeah. realize that. Apparently, yeah. he was so displeased with his own performance in the fog that he never casted himself again. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> Funny. So, but I just didn't realize that. Yeah, I just was... wasn't paying attention because I think the movie was just starting and I was getting situated. He said that Carpenter said it was one of the most terrifying moments in his life. This is a quote from him. Having to deliver these lines to an accomplished actor. His final verdict on his own performance, I'm terrible. So I stopped doing roles as the movie after this movie, except for helicopter pilots and walk-ons. Yeah. That was, that's like an totally interesting cameo. He's always carrying an instrument. <laughs> You know that that like Alfred Hitchcock in every one of his movies is just like walking by in one scene. Really, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, he's he's always carrying some sort of instrument. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, but no, I understand. Uh, you know, acting in front of a camera and then seeing yourself, and you're like, oh my god. Leave this to somebody else. Yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still do it, but that's the, that's the try. It's more of a trying to improve my own skills the also the moment when the priest jumps out from the dark like corner yeah that could still be seen in the shot apparently uh in the initial like take of it so john carpenter had to actually like darken that part of the frame and post yeah you can definitely that's just kind of interesting you know just an added thing yeah. um every ghost arm that is seen in the fog belongs to one guy i kind of i kind of thought that at one point, I thought there were fake arms, like the ones That's that were what I mean. there was the church windows them, yeah. that looked kind of like animatronic, like. But I guess it was just a guy, like a lot of prosthetics on. It was there. Wallace, uh, which is the same guy that plays Michael Myers. Oh, okay. So yeah. every single arm seen smashing through each of the windows is Wallace's arm, just going through windows. Okay. So, anyways, um, I think that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the simple reason why the Fogs radio station plays smooth jazz. Uh, I think that was just to add, right? I don't know. Let's read this. It'd be so popular in a small town. It's much cheaper for filmmakers to get the right to the generic jazz recordings and yeah, say popular rock. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that's gonna wrap it up. I mean, I have to agree. I think if you like John Carpenter, I think check it out. See if yeah. you like it, you know, it's not, it's not or just that kind of much. era of horror movies. Yeah. The slasher. If you like genre. Halloween, if you like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, like Friday the 13th, I mean, um, yeah. that one's kind of, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday the 13th. Yeah. Great. I guess so. The first one is very kind of bog standard slasher. Yeah. Scream. Too, I guess. Well, Scream well, is more of a comedy, but and that's a satire. Yeah. Uh, honestly, of horror movies. Cause at that point, you know, that's 20 years after. Hmm. You know, see that would have been cool okay so the one thing i gotta say is scream like the whole door going up and having the chick inside like the little doggy door that's something that i wish the fog had done something like that where people are getting killed yeah. by like weird 
like means you know what i mean yeah. as opposed to just every single like shot like you had said being like them being like sliced it's but again it was really a good movie like i i, I don't know it wasn't bad at all like i think no no the, the would, worst I, like, characteristics I are the good i would ones, rewatch so. it like you know just i would i don't i don't know i guess what i was gonna say with that i, I would rewatch it just yeah you know generally I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind putting it on and just sitting down and watching it yeah that's kind of how i feel about it it's nostalgic for me too so anyways guys that's gonna wrap it up for the junk box i think unless you have anything adding remarks i was just gonna say it's definitely not his best movie but not even close to his worst no definitely not and as far as bad john carpenter movies go there's not a lot of them so true (laughs) i think again really good i think escape from la what Honestly, I see this is a this is a half baked opinion because I did not watch the whole thing. I started Escape from L.A. and I immediately bailed. Really, I was like, I'm fucking out of here. This is, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all right. uh, that's all I gotta say. We can, we can end it now. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, guys, that was Junk Box episode seven. We'll be back on next week. I think Tuesday. Um, most likely, I don't think I have anything going on Tuesday, so we'll be on Tuesday six to nine. Um, I don't know what our plan is. We'll probably just end up doing another movie review. I mean, these are enjoyable. I think these are a lot of fun. So. Yeah, I get to watch movies. Yeah, I get to watch movies <laughs> and then review them. I mean, what's 